My goals is to have a party on Saturday. It was a fixture of the Great Hall. Uh, and in years moving forward, we hope to return to that. Today, we're going to have a little talk where you get to meet us and talk to us and ask us tons of questions. Initially, we were going to do a slick, polished PowerPoint presentation thing with bushy animations and so on. But actually, I think it's a better use of your time. Be here face to face with us and able to ask any questions you want of us whatsoever. We should also, uh, what we're going to do is run through a little bit about how uh, the new White Wolf is set up as a company, what we do, what our relation is to our licensors, and so on and so forth. Also, what we're doing right now, and uh, going in depth on Vampire Edition, who is working with that, and so on. And finally, we have a grand announcement regarding Vampire Edition. So please stay tuned for that. Um, so yes, without further ado, I leave the floor to Daula Devir, our business developer, to talk to you about the corporate structure of the new white world. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. It is actually. Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for making it to our White Wolf, meet the new White Wolf panel. Hopefully, after this panel, you will know more about what's up with White Wolf in 2017 and onwards. So, the first thing I would like to do is to recap a little bit because, um, you know, I think it's needed. Most of you, or maybe all of you, know that White Wolf was founded in 1991, right? So far, so good. Then in 2004, we had the time of judgment, and then in 2006, uh, CCP decided to, to buy White Wolf to create this World of Darkness MMO that was unfortunately cancelled in 2014. Yeah, and CCP is the uh, company behind EVE Online that held the license for, what was it, how many years was it? Probably a decade. Yeah. And then in 2015, uh, Pardos, which is another video games company, decided to buy White Wolf. And, uh, and that's why we are here now. But it is important to mention that um, we are not Pardos Interactive. So there's something called the Pardos Group, which is a group of companies formed by two companies. One of those companies is Pardos Interactive, the video games company, and the other company is White Wolf, it's us. So we're separate companies, uh, this gives us freedom to strike deals with whomever we please, uh, to have our own strategy, and we have our own CEO, our own board of directors, so we can go our way. We don't have to ask for permission for a partnership. And we are also a licensing company. Uh, you remember, you know very well, that White Wolf was a publishing company before. We are not that anymore, we're a licensing company. Actually, earlier this year, we changed our name from White Wolf Publishing to White Wolf Entertainment to better represent what we are doing. So, and we have a plethora of great partners, our licensees, with which we work in, a, in many projects. Uh, most of you probably will know Onyx Publishing for tabletop games, for World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, Exalted, also Banana Studios for LARP games, World of Darkness, also events. But we also work with um, Earplay. Um, in a, I, I don't know if you like Rated Vivian or Fuse, but they will be releasing a super cool interactive audio experience 
for iOS and Android, but also for Alexa. It's super cool. You can come to the booth and ask more about that. So um, you actually talk to the land of the dead through an Orpheus Exactly. Device. So it's a voice control of the best game. It's super immersive and creepy. So if you dare to say, yeah, I have actually this Orpheus device in my living room and I can talk to the dead. So do you like that kind of experience? You can have it. We are also working with um, Cyanide Studios and Focus Home Interactive for the World of the Apocalypse video game that we announced earlier this year. I'm sure you are, you are aware of that. It's going to come up for PC and consoles. And I'm telling you this, this is not going to be our only PC and consoles video game. So don't stress out. <laughs> We're going to have video games for the rest of the gamers. And I mean, you'll have plenty of... Yeah, anyone who's familiar with the games industry know that they like to declare pretty late in the process. <laughs> so when, I, when it gets late at night, I get so tempted to talk about like the other dozen or so things that are coming, but I really can't. Are you, really can't. Are you inviting people to hang out with you so that they yes. can maybe? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can try, and I really give false information. But yeah, no, going to E3 and GDC and place like this with the World of Darkness license is a humbling experience. There are so many people in the games industry that just like you have been touched by this and have deep formative experiences of storytelling, and of course they're and that is it's really, really, it's, it is great. So we also work with uh, LARP companies specialized in LARP, like Zeolab um, Studios and PDA. And PDA. Uh, they've done conventional forums, they've done End of the Line, which was nominated for the Diana Jones Awards this year. Jenkins won in the end, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, we were up against Jenkins and Terraform yeah, Mars, like, so I mean, our yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and PDA also organized the World of Darkness uh, Berlin Convention, which has been back in May, the first official World of Darkness Convention in Europe ever, because we're spreading our tentacles all over the world. So another proof of that we're wanting to be um, a global company with a global brand and catering to every fan in every corner of the world is like, um, we are also partner with um, with companies in Italy, in Spain, France, Germany, also even Korea. So now Bombard Masquerade can also be found in Korean for the first time ever. And we're still spreading more and more so that we reach every corner. Um, we also work with uh, Kinetic, for example, in the worldofdarkness.com community hub that we released just this week at Jenkin. Hopefully you will have signed up already. If you haven't, you can go to our booth that it's um, Shane will be talking more about that later he will also be talking more about um, our partnership with Drifle RPG we have we're working with them in several projects but now the core project is Storytellers Vault was released last week it's a, a program for uh, um, content created by the community I'm super excited but Shane will tell you more about that and there are also more companies that I cannot really tell you about yet, that we're working with already uh, in an announced project. Uh, just before the World of Darkness Berlin event, the convention in, uh, in May, we had the licensing day. And in this licensing day, um, with our licenses, we had over 20 companies with which we are already working in projects, doing super cool stuff. So more things are coming up. It's super exciting. So. 
me as a fan, I would love for Flo to be able to, you know, realize this this kind of, of process that I always wanted. So now they're coming. I mean, you could say that it's an opposite tactic from CCP. CCP put all their eggs in one basket, or they have a moment to maybe grab an answer and put that. Whereas we try to find the best partners to work with each individual part of the world market. Like who can make what part the best? Yeah, they were they were trying to start big and then go to small things. But we don't disregard um, projects, even the small that they can look, because they can appeal to people, and we want to, you know, we want to make people happy and the community happy and give you what you want. So, all of these projects follow a vision. Um, the vision is that for us, entertainment is part is part of the culture, and it's integral part of it, and it's very important. Also, um, participation and uh, so participatory entertainment is going to be is the future very near future, so we're working towards that. And also another key thing for us as part of, a, of our vision is that we want to to make, you know, to cater to you guys that have been supporting the brand for so many years. So we, we want to, to serve you, we want to listen to what you what you like, what you want to see. And, um, and we also want to bring new players, like we want to go mainstream with, uh, you know, World of Darkness and Fossil. I mean, if things like Game of Thrones are mainstream, why not Buffalo the Masquerade? Why not World of Darkness? So we're, we're very ambitious in that, in that way. So we can summarize that in our, in our super goal that we have, that we want to become the best participatory transmedia company in the world. So we're up against like Disney, for example. But yes. Um, so by participatory, what do we mean by participatory? Is that you can you can have an impact in the world. You, what you do matters. Um, uh, Martin will be talking more about that later about how vacuums of power and things like that. And you can take part on the brand. You can. It's super interactive. It was interactive in the past, but now we we are in the twenty first century, and technology helps a lot with that. Also. This brings me to the transmedia point. So, what's transmedia? Uh, this this means that we will be working with you know uh, fiction, board games, video games, maybe escape rooms, all kinds of different experiences, so that you can you can enjoy the world of darkness and you know the, the rest of the brands in the in the way that you feel is best for you. And finally, what we want to do is we want to do um, things that are relevant to you things that matter to you, because otherwise, I mean, we could be maybe do cool stuff, but we want to, you know, we want to make you happy. We're also fans, like very long time fans. And so we want things that we always wanted. So now it's possible. And that's the main thing. So uh, who are the teams trying to realize this very ambitious vision? So it's the, the four of us plus our CEO. Well, I'll, I'll show you a picture, but it's not possible. It's the screen, but <laughs> but uh, we're based in Stockholm, so it's a Swedish company now. And um, we're uh, for a team of five. We're in process of growing, but I really need to mention the partnerships that we have with our licensees. I mean, they're, they they make the magic happen. Without them, none of the projects could happen. We're just you know coordinating stuff in the background. So now the team. So the team is Karim Muammar. Hello, I am Karim Guamar, and um, I work as an editor-in-chief at White Wolf, which 
It's another word for pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> and basically the one who worked with our licensees regarding uh, adherence to metaplot, themed game lines, whether a computer game should include this and this power, Werewolf games is in this tribe, whether the story fits previous games, and so on. I work a lot with Onyx Path, very talented people at Onyx Path, uh, and uh, to make sure that their products for the uh, 20th anniversary game lines are aligned with future 5th edition products that we're making. And I've also been involved with uh, Vampire 5th edition, with uh, something that I'm going to talk to you more about later on. Martin Harrison. Hi, uh, I claimed the title of lead storyteller. I wanted it to be creative director, but I thought lead storyteller was more in line with, uh, with the storyteller nomenclature. Um, I tried to dig through 850 great and sometimes not fantastically great books for the world of darkness and find the very, very best aspects of that grand co-creative work of horror fiction and decide what parts you to focus on, what metaplot beats go into which uh, future product, and coordinate that web of transmedia storytelling going forward. So um, it is um, with much excitement that I will later talk to you a little bit about some of the big metaplot beats that are upcoming in the future for Vampire and uh, so yeah, in my day work, I talk to a lot of different creative teams, uh, usually on Skype, and, uh, and travel around a lot to try to get face-to-face -face and workshops, and get people to understand the emotional timber of world darkness. That is me. Basically, he's the terror, not the wind. And Shane Friest. Hi, I'm Shane Friest. I have uh, worked with White Wolf for over 20 years, worked with the original based company and then came back to the CCP version of the company so it's nice to be back to working for a version that actually gets stuff done. <laughs> um, so I've held a lot of hats over the last couple decades with different uh, projects and licensees. Uh, this is Activision with Bloodlines. Uh, I launched the last couple of versions of Vampire. Uh, done a lot of work with Mindset Theater. Um, what I'm doing now is I'm working uh, on a business developer and my focus is primarily on uh, projects that the community, people like you, get to directly interact with. Uh, Storytellers of all oldbooks.com, um, events, things of that nature. Then there's me. Uh, my name is Galvin Devere. I'm a business developer and I'm focused in distribution, uh, availability, and localization. Um, I've been a fan of the White Wolf for over 20 years now, so it's now great to, to get to make things happen. Things that, as I mentioned before, I always want them to happen, but somehow they didn't happen. So I worked with um, you know finding new opportunities, like uh, uh, meeting with partners to see what, um, what new products, new technology, new experiences uh, we can bring you. And also, of course, we listen to you, oh, we would like this, we would like that. So we we you know put the two things together to try to create the you know stuff that we would like, and um, you might be curious about what's the well before going to that we have a fifth person of course it's our CEO Tobias Foden he cannot be here he's in Stockholm but um, but probably he, has, he sends you his regards in a good way right 
And um, so we can go to the... Let me just briefly about Tobias. He well, comes from the computer games industry. Uh, he was a manager for uh, Battlefield back in the day and helped make and launch that great game franchise and has about 20 years of experience in, in video games as an agent and producer and so on. So he's a fantastic link He's the, he's the only one of the five of us that was not engaged in some way already with World of Darkness and stuff. So, but now he's catching up. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's, uh, he loves to show the image of a man with the line where he stands with blood on his face. It's like, I was just beaten up by my mother and dragged from my father. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's getting it. Yeah, he's and he, he always travels with, with his uh, fans. He's always, he has his backpack for a convention and he always has his. Thanks to them, it's, uh, it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the infatuation stage. You know? <laughs> so then, um, you might be wondering what is what actually is the work of a licensing company, like because of course publishing company everyone knows, but what does a licensing company do? So what we do is, among other things, we try to choose the, the best partners uh, for every project. I mean, there's the right partner. We are the ones choosing which projects go ahead or not, and we have, we are the ones planning the, the global strategy. Like we're releasing this in this window, this in this other window. Hmm. We need more, I don't know, mobile game here. About we need this kind of. We want to have escape room there. We, have, we want to have you know this kind of stuff. It's we that um, decide that. We coordinate the the intellectual property also. We're the ones and. Um, Martin will tell you more about that. We are the ones deciding what happens with the meta block and the overarching story. Um, so we are the source of information for our partners, and we're also the ones who guide them and teach them um, how to best use our brands for their games, for their fiction, for their experiences that they can offer. Because, well, many of them are also longtime fans. It's a good thing to be working with the world of darkness with many fans all over. But some of them know a little bit, they don't know so much. So we are like their, their coaches, you know, <laughs> kind of in a way. Uh, we also build the fact story community. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is, for example, releasing the world of darkness.com community hub to get the community together and also, you know, gather your feedback because we really listen to you. We respond to every single email that we get. Um, that's true. So we then uh, gather all this information and translate that into something that our partners can use. So that you can see, oh, this is actually what I wanted. And it's because we were listening. So we are like the link between them and the community. Uh, we also coordinate the projects because this is something very ambitious that we're doing, is that um, if, for example, let's say that we're going to Dracula tomorrow in a, in, you know, in a novel. We say, okay, Dracula died in 2017. We cannot have him being dead in a video game in 2018 because it's all part of the same one world of darkness. So that's, that's another important part that we do is coordinating all of the stuff, all the meta all the metablogs that we're releasing and all the little bits of information they are coherent, so that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the Dracula has never recurred after being killed, of course. Never happened. <laughs> never happened. It's the first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you'll see that. <laughs> so yeah, and so 
finally, so that's, you know, maybe that's the, the boring part, like, yeah, how does the licensing company work? But in the end, we can offer you uh, products and we are, that, you know, we are dividing our products in four different groups, four different categories. One is like books and merchandising and things that you can physically touch. And you know a lot of that, you know already, you're very well informed about the books, I'm sure, with Onyx Art Publishing and uh, Finance Studios. But we also have uh, the digital games and the digital stuff, which are, for example, the Werewolf video game that we have already announced, or the video games that are coming, but also the uh, Mage the Ascension game that we released earlier this year, and the Vampire Masquerade interactive, also interactive fiction that we released earlier this year. And for example, Airplay, as you explained before, it's, it's also coming later this year, and all kinds of stuff. So that's on the, on the digital interactive side of things. We're also focused on events. So LARP events, convention events, uh, maybe parties, this kind of stuff we're also doing. And um, with, our, with our super duper partners. Like for example, maybe you want to, I encourage you to come to Tampa by night in September. It's the last weekend of September at the castle. Uh, that's or being organized by Finite Studios. So if you go to masqueradebynight.com, you can sign up. And uh, it's going to be super cool. And we are also devoted to, to moving pictures. So TV series, um, uh, our CEO, who is not here, he promised, he always promises one thing. So I, you know, that in 2020, we will have a TV series or a Netflix series, uh, Netflix series for World of Darkness. So that's happening, that will be happening. There's nothing announced yet. But that's the ambition. That's the and, ambition. And yes, we have we have been roaming around Hollywood exactly. uh, three, four times, but we're super picky about who we work with of and course. giving away our rights because a certain uh, gentleman in the audience that had the experience of Hollywood before, they don't always follow creative briefs unless you have the exactly, on the first row. <laughs> yeah, that's Martin Morgan who worked with Kimberly and and we don't, I mean, even the kind of embraced in, like, invented the vampire romance genre kind of accidentally. It was not really true to the tone of vampire masquerade. Still, no like hard edged, realistic, politically conspiratorial, dark series about vampires that has been made. There is no house of cards of vampires or two detective of vampires and so on. And that tonality of, of realism and so on, we still have to say, it's yet to be made. So yes, loads of work. Yeah, so it's not only about TV series, it will also be web series, for example, or for example, um, Lucky Day, which is a British-Swedish production company, will be releasing the World of Darkness documentary next year. So that's something already in the picture there. And, um, and I think uh, long-time fans would appreciate very much the story that's being told in there. It's the beginnings of White Wolf and how everything, you know, happen and the story also from the fans perspective there are fans there speaking so everything i need to keep an eye on that so those are our some of our products but now we'll go to shame so uh i've worked with the community for a long time since uh early mid 90s i started working on b-test at wizard of the coast in 1994. um as long-term fans you guys know that the community has always been pretty divided I mean, you've got your card game people over here you've got your LARP people over here Tabletop, uh, people that go to events, people that, you know, so there's people that only do the books, the video game folks. Um, so it's been really challenging over the last couple of decades.
space is to try and have a kind of a unified uh, world of darkness community, and it's it's happened to varying degrees of success. Um, so one of the things that we've done is, uh, and I'm pretty proud of this, because back during the CCP era, one of the promises that got made was that we were going to, in addition to an MMO, make a, a big sort of like robust community hub that could anyone uh, that was playing a type of World of Darkness experience could go there, and there was a, a part of that that catered to what you do and help you do it. Well, that promise from a different company seven years ago went into live beta two days ago. So, uh, if you come by the booth,
in the meanwhile, I can say that for the story as well, people that are really wary of, of, but how do I tell the difference between something that's official and canon and something that's from the story as well? On every cover, uh, on every cover, uh, you will find the story as well logo, so that you know. So it's still beautiful and it looks like um, you know World of Darkness product, but you know that's that, that's not canon, so that cannot be. Yeah, but and of course we scour the storytellers' vault also for really, really good things and really good ideas. And it is not absolutely not outside the realm of reason that we will uh, move up some kind of created products as cow. Um, we think that's a great way of finding new ideas that sort of align with the general gist but that we could never have come up with ourselves. Partially because people have local experience of their environment and their the lives they live, the perspectives that which is one of our great goals to work with a diverse group of people from all over the world, which is possible when we do our research. Uh, so it's possible to impact the world. So yeah, <coughs> lots of stuff coming up. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about sort of how we view the, the when we summarize our partners, how do we focus the world of darkness, where sort of what direction are we taking the mainstay of the one world of darkness, the one that will be in TV shows, computer games, and so on? Because, of course, you can play world of darkness in a thousand different ways. And I had a lecture at RoboCon about the true best way of playing world of darkness. And, of course, there is no such thing. Whether you want to do trench coats or kapanas or personal angst and so on, all of these are, are choices. But moving forward, when we do, when we do linear media, so have to focus on something. So there are four pillars that uh, that I I love about World of Darkness, and the first one is that it's a different power fantasy. The many computer games and many tabletop games are about gaining level, getting a bigger gun, getting bigger shoulder plates, becoming more awesome, and getting better at kicking in doors. Whereas in a lot of the World of Darkness games and settings. Having the right invite for the right party, knowing the right people, having social control or metaphysical knowledge is more important than the size of your gun. So it's a different power fantasy coming from another direction. Um, and that, I think, is a defining trait uh, of the world of darkness as a whole. All of the World Darkness games are about societies, are about networks, about groups, about factions. It's about societies of monsters hidden among us. That is another core pillar that all of the games are about. And the different social mechanics uh, that Mark and the others created in the beginning still stand as some of the most interesting and play-generating constructs of fictional societies ever. And they contrast with our world. So these ancient societies have our world as a contrast, and that is something that makes the world completely different than anything else. It's more than violence, it's social, it's metaphysical, it's, um, it doesn't have the combat rules as sort of the core of an end all of everything. And finally, it is set in the dark reflection of our world. And that means that it enables critical exploration critical exploration of the human condition, 
for what has happened in the last decades of the rise of fascism in Europe, of um, the divisions, uh, the ideological divisions of our world, of the wars uh, we have uh, among us. These are subjects that we can address through the eyes of monsters. So learn something, empathize with people in different situations than ourselves, by walking a mile in, in someone else's shoes. It's a creation of empathy, understanding, and knowledge. A lot of my historical knowledge, knowledge of social scientists, sciences, and so on, were initiated by reading different supplements of World of Darkness. And we want to continue that tradition. I have great research and great writers who tell about dark stories set in some of the most terrifying aspects of our world. So those things make World of Darkness very unique in the entertainment landscape. There is a business term called blue ocean. You say, for instance, fantasy would be a red ocean where different sharks are fighting over the scraps. But this blue ocean of a what if monsters were real here and now, that is a place that World of Darkness can claim for its own and introduce a new flavor of these urban fantasies and forms than the ones that have been here. So, um, where, uh, how do we express these things? Interlinked products. Um, there's one example how to do uh, to uh, products could be interlinked. For instance, after Vampire the Fifth Edition has been launched, um, so maybe somebody makes a computer game based on that as a file. That computer game, maybe it's called Vampire the Masquerade Blood Slides. <laughs> that, that game can then be reinterpreted as a tabletop role-playing book and be launched concurrently with the game so that you have, instead of a Prima guide, you have a Prima source book for the, uh, for the thing. And that is the great thing about being connected to the tabletop uh, audience and continuing that relationship. It's very easy to have crossover product that use the same artwork and characters and so on. That is something we really, really want to do. And Primary among all of these works for Bibles and so on is Vampire 5th Edition, and a work that has been ongoing for about six months now mm -hmm. in, uh, with some speed. And I would like to leave the work uh, to Karim Wanda, who has been integral in creating the rules, core, and direction for the game, uh, and to introduce the people who are lead designers and visionaries behind this game. Thank you, Martin. Well, Vampire 5th edition, or V5 as I like to call it, is one of the main reasons that we are here at GenCon this year. We're running demos and playtests. Demos at our booth and playtests by the extremely talented uh, Recky crew. I see many faces here who have wanted to play the demo, some with me, had a great time. How many people have played in five hours? And I hope that those of you who haven't will come, die, come by to our booth later on and try it out. Anyway, we knew that uh, when we sort of showed them the mantle of White Wolf, we needed a coherent Bible as well as kind of a flagship product the uh, sort of this new iteration of the, the world of darkness and that would be Vampire 5th edition. It's not only a game but it's also a
concentrated uh, tome of knowledge for everybody who wants to work with us who will bound my products, whether it's a game, whether it's a movie, whether it's a book or something else entirely. Going back and sifting through these 20 years of products, finding a, a coherent theme and look, that's that's a full-time job, that's why we have marketing. This will condense that uh, into that kind of thought. But it's also going to be a really good, modern, kick-ass role-playing game. It's fun to play and has a system that is uh, that feels rooted in modern game design and technology. As good and as uh, progressive as the previous versions are, the modern 90s system and technology has gone so much further after that game. So we knew we needed to work with the very best in the field, somebody who really could take this, take a setting and create bespoke systems that bring all of these items to the fore. And the man who luckily we were lucky enough to get for the job in design is none other than Kenneth Hyatt, who is here doing tons of stuff, but right now he is actually in Delta. Kenneth Height, uh, who among other things uh, received numerous awards for the trail of his building, which he basically made Lovecraft scary again, finally, and also uh, won Ennis for Knights Black Agents, a game in which you actually play agents fighting a vampire conspiracy, not unlike the one you play in the upcoming Vampire Dead Edition. He, uh, he's a master, as I said, of creating these kind of customized rule sets that really highlight the themes, the actions, and the actual narratives of the game. And he's been doing some great work for us so far. As a lead, and this is kind of embarrassing because introducing the uh, lead artist is uh, really hard when we have no pictures. <laughs> but let me just say that uh, Mary Lee, aka Twisted Lamb, available on twistedlamb.com, is an amazing artist, having worked in the fashion industry for 20 years, working with, uh, with the camera as a canvas and the body as a medium. She creates the most beautiful dark images and is perfect uh, to uh, convey the image of the world of darkness. Yes, so fifth uh, edition we primarily illustrated with photography. Uh, photography to show you how the plants look here, and illustration to give feeling and emotion. So we have that contrast between photorealism and uh, emotional material in, in uh, more traditional illustrations. Yes, uh, and it would be, let me see now, picture, 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 picture. <laughs> let me see now. Very sorry. It will also be. Uh, I would just like to mention the people who have worked with us so far on kickstarting um, the Vampire Edition Pre Alpha and Alpha. Jason Andrew, uh, Matthew Jorkins, who I don't see in the audience, he's probably also at our booth running demos. And uh, also Jason Call of Binance Studios, who worked with us as a producer so far. So we have a great team. Yeah, and Kareem also. Let's give a hand for the team. So, but anyway, that turned out right. 
So uh, we've been getting some great responses. Uh, we have some great people working with us, like I said, the Brecky crew. And I hope that all of you will come down to our booth today or tomorrow and give it a whirl. I think you'll like it. Now, before this uh, panel process, I'd like to deliver <coughs> the computer and the torch or uh, the microphone to Martin. He will tell you a bit about the upcoming metaphor that will be part of B5 and all the other products making Vampire going forward. Yes. And that would be lovely, but we are unfortunately running out of time. <laughs> but yes, I will give you, um, I will give you very briefly. And we are progressing the metaplot from 2003 and onwards. So after, so slightly after uh, the week of madness, and just before the, uh, the time of judgment began. So Gehenna and the question of Gehenna. Is we're handling it something like this. How long is the end for someone who could live until the sun goes out? How long can the end of the world last uh, for those who dream forever? Uh, to the Sabbat, Gehenna is here. And Gehenna is raging right now. And it's there Gehenna per se. And that it's, it's happening in the shadows of the complex that parallel. The Gehenna Crusade is, um, uh, is burning, and the, um, the cities of, um, of the civilized world are more closed off uh, than ever before. How do vampires handle things like, uh, like big data um, processing? Uh, how do they handle NSA, the, uh, uh, the war on terror? All of these things will be answered uh, in V5. We take as a point of departure for the Metaplot, Beckett's You Have Diary, which is an upcoming product from Onyx Path. And from that, we have 50, about 10, 15 years of a mystery to reveal to you. You will enter a world of darkness that is significantly changed. It is a place where the elders have been faded away and given, load, uh, and given, uh, given many of their coteries and childer uh, the charge of Power. So this is a place where the diamond ceiling of absolute hierarchy is going to be splintered and it's a possibility for your characters and your gaming groups to affect the world in a much, much deeper fashion. We want to draw the lessons from how you have played the game and make the setting actually match that. So maybe the time that a prince regularly stays in power is shorter than ever before because we know that you like your wars of power in, inside cities. And when the setting says that princes always rule for hundreds of years, whereas in practice they are changed every week, uh, there's a disconnect there. So we're in a time of turmoil uh, where grand possibilities uh, are within reach for those who try. Um, but yes, I would like to tell you tons more of this and show you fantastic uh, concept art and so on. We will do that another time. Instead, we want to open the floor to questions after we have made uh, our grand announcement, which you will hear. When returning to Vampire the Masquerade and World of Darkness in general, our first stop were the first editions of the books. And primarily the essays in the first editions of the books. The thoughts of vampire as an exploration of evil, 
As a dark mirror to hold up for yourself, to learn more about your morality, your limits, your boundaries. The passionate, um, the, the passionate writing of the hunger, uh, the beast within, the beast I am, that's the beast I become. And who better to join the team that strives to return Vampire the Masquerade to its origins and to introduce it to a brand new generation of players will be just as thrilled as when they opened his first book. Joining the V5 team is Mark Rain Hagen, returning to Vampire for the first time in over 20 years. Selected pieces. Uh, there is some more environment art and so on. 
Uh, and we're now with bated breath waited, waiting for the combat demo, which is like the first gateway to pass. Because of course, for a third-person action, uh, action RPG based on Werewolf the Apocalypse, it has a really good visceral close combat. So that is like where we are in the process right now. And I can tell you that the Fomori are yummy. Just as a policy, I mean, you know, video game companies are, there is no one uniform release date. Some of them operate within what we said is like a three month window. Some of them will will announce stuff two years in advance. I mean, so it's, uh, you know, ideally, most of them in this day and age do that, and that later is better, but it's not an absolute rule. And yes, I do think it's safe to say uh, that. Our favorite evil company will make a return uh, this game because the times we live in are pretty right for werewolf. Because if you don't rage now, then when? <laughs> you know, uh, it will be set in on the American continent in the Northeast. It will involve um, it will involve gas lines. It will involve uh, infringement on First Nations territories. It will involve. Uh, the powers that be, uh, Pentex slowly taking over. It's, uh, yeah, it, it is super, super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think you had one next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I played playtest for V5 last night, and damn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I haven't been that happy since, like, 1994, because it was a brand new system, but it felt just like Vampire. Thank you. And that would, that would thank you so much. I guess uh, my my question is is like I'm super excited. I'm trying not to ask when's Mage coming out. No, but like I it came I, out yesterday. You know, <laughs> I'll be back. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really wondering like. Are, are we looking at a very crossover kind of friendly, yes. like yes. everything? Yes. We are. I mean, the system is uh, the basic system is very is designed to be very robust. Whereas when we go into the bespoke system, such as the hunger, then we can afford ourselves to be more complicated because those will not carry over between the game lines. But the basic skeleton uh, is made for compatibility. That does not mean that we intend to have the games be absolutely balanced. That's another thing. That's that's something to do with world building and whether a werewolf can actually how many vampires a werewolf can kill before, you know, getting tired and having to go to bed, <laughs> <laughs> and then resume the next day. But, <laughs> no, but but the the actual the technical compatibility between the systems are uh, they are supposed to be hundred percent. And yeah, uh, setting compatibility will be higher also because we. We like them to all, uh, we think of them as all taking place in the shadow of our own world, meaning that aesthetically and thematically and in emotional timber and tone, we try to bring them closer as well to make the, uh, the encounters with the weird mages less jarring. <laughs> so, yes, that is, that, that is also work. Uh, you know. They are meant to be played alone, and they will be, I mean, Lupines will be antagonist in the first book and so on, but yes, from the beginning now, it's like, Okay. Um, I've got a ton of different questions exploding in my brain, but um, the uh, is it going to be White Wolf doing continuing with Nwad, 
product and Onyx Path doing uh, old one? Because I know they're doing the, the 20 The other way around. Yeah, the, the other, other way around. Yeah, the, the old one has now been, we have rebranded it to Chronicles of Darkness to avoid confusion. And that is still with Onyx, uh, whereas we are taking more ownership of the what was known as the classic World of Darkness and now sadly the World of Darkness. And of course, Onyx Path has since 2011 published things in the old World of Darkness. Right. So that is the line we're continuing. Uh, Chronicles of Darkness is a fantastic sandbox tabletop RPG for players who want to like, modify the setting and to like, pick and choose. And it's, it's wonderfully made for tabletop. And Onyx Path will continue to publish uh, to publish that as a separate entity. Um, whereas the big push, uh, the one World of Darkness, that is classic World of Darkness set here and now. Hello, yes. <laughs> so we also have to bear in mind that we're the ones, you know, um, producing the V5 Bible, like the V5 being released next year, but we are probably not the ones going to be working on supplements. So that that can be from from you know Onyx Path or any other or any other partners. So there's still license to work in World of Darkness. It doesn't matter if it's 20th anniversary or V5. So and we're not locked into exclusive partners. If somebody, if some some company, if, I mean, if Chaosium comes with a fantastic idea, it's like please pitch to us because we we are not partisan when it comes to that. That being said. <laughs> Onyx path is where it's at. I mean, that is where a lot, lot of the classic talent is residing currently. So I would be very surprised if they do not have a strong role moving forward. Uh, because yeah, there is things. Anyone else? We're in the last five minutes. Uh, right there, Deadpool. If, so, if somebody was interested in like starting a LARP group, is there going to be like a Starbox rules and supplements and kind of gaming aids that'll be put up by the company that somebody can basically take that box? Get a group together and have a, have a large group community. Well, currently, um, Bio Studios has the Minds of Theater license. They're the, the, the large company. Um, but one one of the things that WorldArts.com will do, uh, well, it may, it may not be a, a physical starter box. That there there's a lot of resources for starting LARPs in the system. Yeah, actually, I mean, it is like press a button, start a group, have your players, and then they can coordinate them. Uh, they can have their character sheets on there. And, and so on. So that they, it, it works pretty, we hope that that is the thing that works like that, yes. Well, what that does really is, I mean, one of the advantages for all of the, the legacy fan clubs like the Camarilla or Lone Robot Knight included, is they, they have a lot of time to uh, develop infrastructure, um, you know, back-end technology and stuff that a lot of either new groups didn't have or, or groups that didn't have their level of resources didn't have. So this actually sort of evens the playing field and lets anyone that wants to do this have the same level of uh, you know, technology and ability to uh, to do that going forward from arguably day one. Uh, in the back, um, yeah, um, I'm really glad to hear that you guys are back and just going in full swing with everything. Um, and I've heard a lot of people mention maze, changelings, werewolves, vampires, dwarves. Uh, I'm probably in the minority of the player base, but is there anything coming out that you think that we? Oh, then I can speak a little to that. Um, I, um, I mean, I, I. I do enjoy can do this a lot. I think it's a fantastic book. I do think that some of the supplements are really, really good. There is, however, uh, I do think it's needed to revisit. And the people who would like to revisit it, uh, and the people that are currently discussing revisiting it is, is the TRPG club uh, of Korea in Seoul. 
Um, so that seemed to me to be the sensible people to talk to when we're doing Kindred East again. Um, because it is, this is, um, it is, they have a, a, a much better knowledge of the setting and what feels um, heretical enough to like Buddhism, Hinduism, and so on. It is those twists that we do with the, that, that Mark made with the Judeo-Christian mythology. We believe that in order to do that, like to twist that knife in the right way and make it make it feel and um, for people who have that cultural background, you need to have that knowledge and uh, to have a lived experience of that. So when we really redo Kindred of the East, it will be in collaboration with partners from uh, yeah from Japan, Korea, uh, China, and so on. That is that that's and yes, I mean the process started. I have asked them for advice. I've given like. Give me a list of the like 50 things that suck about Kendrick at least, like yeah. to you as knowledgeable individuals. What is it? So yes, um, thank you for that question actually, because it's it's a little 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 passion of mine. As <laughs> so, yeah. Probably not one of the first things that will be released, but of course there is a huge Asian market also, um, that, and that we want to hit that right. We're gonna yeah. have one more question, and then we are out of time. Uh, right, right behind you, if you sir. Uh, naturally, this hasn't happened well, so I was going to ask about uh, Kindred of the East, but is there a possibility down the road for some more hunting? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> hunters Did you are... say, are more hunters coming? Yes. <laughs> because yeah, they yeah. say there are more hunters coming. They, they, I mean, now I didn't have time to do the metaphor thing, but the main theme of the first season of Vampire the Masquerade is the Second Inquisition. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, what happens when NSA and so on start sniffing what's going on? Yeah. Like, what's going to go down then? Mm-hmm. And like, and all the hunters that exist out there since the last time around, the empowered hunters, yeah. what's going to happen? Do you think it's easy being a vampire today? <laughs> and for you who are interested in realistic um, intelligence communities meet vampires, do check out Night's Black Agents. It's a pretty good whiff of things to come. It's, it's, I mean, no surprise, Ken Knight is in there, he's the greatest vampire hunter in the world. So, yes. Alright, thank you everyone for coming. Uh, if, if you have not had a chance to uh, stop by and play the V5 demo, it's about 30 minutes. We're doing them in our booth at booth 501.